Okay, we're just going to read a few scriptures and then we're just going to trust God to give us exactly what he desires for us this morning. So what we want to start with is in Genesis 1, and we were mentioning this a few days, in Genesis, the first chapter, and we see in verse 26 and 27, it says very clearly there that God created man in his image. Now, when it says he created man in his image, he never created a man outside of the woman that was in the man. We can see that because we see when he put a deep sleep on Adam, and, and by the way, Adam didn't realize he had a need till God put him in a place of rest. Then, then he took the woman, Isha, out of Ish, the man. And of course, that's a type of, of us being taken out of Christ. That in itself is a type. So we see that, again, in Genesis chapter 5, in verses 1 and 2, it says that he created man, male and female. That's how he created them. He created them, it says, in his image. And what we're going to talk about this morning, and, and very important, and that's why when we had a, a private conversation, Mike and I, we said, most important is it for men men because to hear to hear and be in a place to receive this this truth because in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 3 the head of every man is who is Christ that's proper image and then the head of the woman is the man so it's the same image but it's God's order so God doesn't do anything not a single thing outside of his order his order has to do with Christ that's our proper image so again, he created Adam, the first Adam. Now, when it says that, when we talk about the first Adam, let me read so we can get an understanding of this. The first Adam was the Adam that he created from the dust of the ground in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. He formed him from the dust of the ground. Now, here's 1 Corinthians 15, and this is what we're going to read in verse 45. It says this, so it is written, the first man, Adam. That's the first Adam. The first Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam, and this is Christ, was made a life-giving spirit. Now, here's what it says in verse 46. How be it, that which was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and after that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Verse 48, as is the earthy, such are they that are also earthy, and as is the heavenly, such are they that are heavenly. And as we, all those, the we here is all those that are in Christ through receiving him as their Savior, have borne, listen, the image of the earthy, we will also bear the image of the heavenly. So we were born in the first Adam, in natural birth, okay? That's why Jesus, when he was speaking to Nicodemus and speaking to the others, when he said in John 3, verse 3 through 5, a man must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, natural. That which is born of the spirit is spiritual, those that are born of Christ. So we had a first birth. The first birth that we were born in is natural life. That's the difference between everlasting life and Zoe, spiritual life. 
Everlasting life is the life that we were born with in the old nature. Do you remember what it said in Psalm 51 and verse 5? Well, David was saying through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I was conceived, his first birth, our first birth, he was conceived in sin. And we'll see how that happened, right? I was conceived in sin, and in sin and transgression did my mother bring me forth. Psalm 58, verse 3 says, as soon as they were born in this first birth, the babies, as soon as they're born, they come out speaking lies. Whoever taught a baby how to lie, you don't. You don't have to teach them, right? You teach them to lie? No, they just equipped that way. Same with all of us. So the first Adam, the head of that race, the first, first head, is the beginning of the human race. Was made, okay, originally was made in God's image. That's what it says. They were made, we were all made in God's image. How? How were we made? How were we made in God's image? It's very, very clear how we were made in God's image. Because it was the, what was the image that he first created him? He was made in the image and in the realm of personality. A personality. What was the personality? He had intellect. He had emotions. He had a will. So that there could be communion or intimacy or fellowship, a shared intimacy and cooperation between Adam and Eve with God. Now, when it says in Genesis 3, verse 8, when it says that in 3, verse 8, it says they heard the voice of God walking in the garden. When you study that, it's crystal clear that that was Christ in his pre-incarnate state. Because if I understand the preponderance of the scriptures, I look at John chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, in the beginning, in eternity past, was the word. Do you have a word do you have a word without a voice? Do you have a voice without a word? So we know that that was Christ before he put on humanity. And he came. And in their fallen state, in their fallen state, when they heard the voice of God, what did they do? They first covered themselves. And then they hid. And that's what we will do in that, and when we function in that first life, that first Adam. And what that means is this. We, once you've been born again in Christ, once you are positioned in Christ, you still have the flesh, that, old, that first nature in you, but we're not of it any longer. We've studied a couple of key words when you read your Bible. There's a couple of key words that are very, very important. And it's one little word, in. The next little word that's very important is of. We are no longer in the flesh. We've been born again. Huh? The old has been crucified on the cross. Christ crucified the old nature. Where now, we now have a new nature in Christ when we received him. Okay? We have a proper image now. But in that first image... In that first image, that first creation, it was fallen. God created Adam, okay, and it was to be created. He created him to have intimacy and fellowship. 
something that after the fall of Adam, the first Adam, he couldn't have. He could never have. But he created him for that purpose. And he created him for the purpose of God being sovereign and man, through his will, being subject or surrendered to him. Now, it's very clear in the, in the scriptures that he created Adam to be subject to his will, to his purpose, to his very image, to his image. What kind of image do we have in Christ? It is a perfect or a complete image. Okay? Very, very clear in the scriptures. But that which is perfect, that which is complete in Christ, is what? The fact that we are complete in Christ is what? We have perfect freedom. We have perfect, complete freedom. But what Adam did, what he did, was he chose with his own free will his own way. That's what he did in the garden. He chose with his own free will his own way. And what did that leave him doing? Relying on himself, under loving just himself, completely apart from God. Now we have the flesh in us. It's very, very clear. In Romans 8, verse 9, it says we have this flesh in us, but we're not of it. Because we have the Spirit of God dwelling in us. We have the Spirit of God dwelling in us because we've received Christ as our Savior. We have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. So instead of relying, Adam, instead of relying on Christ for everything, he began to rely on himself. And as a result, he left God. He left God. Or in other words, he left the first cause. Who's the first cause? It's God. Is there any other real cause outside of God? No. There's only a bad or an evil or a wrong effect. That's all there can be. Now, we, we've said this before, that God, you ever hear the fact that God desires first place in this specific area of your life? You ever hear that? Well, the fact of the matter is, we don't give Christ first place. He already has that by virtue of who he is. He desires every place. Because every place that he has, that we give our will over to, we function in the freedom and the peace of a love that he has for us that nothing can disturb or distract. Not one single thing. But we see what happened. What was the effect of Adam functioning in his own will, not being surrendered to God. What was the first thing it caused him to do? Very first thing, cover himself. Could he, could he change it? Could he change who he was in his failure? Could he do a single thing about it? No, all he could do was cover it. And then when he did hear the voice of God, and by the way, if you study the word in its historical frame of reference, in Isagogics, you're going to realize as you study that, that there was a time, very short time, where Christ in his pre-incarnate state would teach them. And they were drawn to his voice. But when he fell, when they fell through the temptation of the enemy, the first thing it caused them to do was to cover themselves. 
And it's very interesting when you see it in Genesis, the third chapter, when you see that, you see the fact that even though they were covered, they covered themselves and they covered. And what was it? We had this revealed through the preaching uh, these past few days. The thing that they were covering was shame. They couldn't do anything about it. They couldn't get rid of it. So they covered it. That's all that Christians will do without understanding the truth about who Christ is in them and who they are in them, in themselves, they will go to the world and continue to cover themselves. With what? If we don't have the truth that's only located in Christ, what do we cover ourselves with? A lie. That's why it says in Isaiah 5, verse 20, they call evil good. They call good evil. Do you see that in our country today? Like never before. I've never seen anything like it in my 68 years. Where they called evil good, good evil. They put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. They put light for darkness and darkness for light. It's a covering over. So Adam and Eve, they covered themselves and hid themselves. Why? They heard the voice of God. They heard the voice of God, Christ in his pre-incarnate state. Then he gave them a, he gave them a promise. The promise there in Genesis 3, verse 15, where it talks and says that the serpent will, will, will what? Christ will bruise the head of the serpent, and the, but the serpent would bruise his heel. What is that speaking of in Genesis 3, verse 15? It's pointing to the cross 4,000 years into the future where Christ would put on humanity and deal with the enemy on the cross. That's what we get. With the self-life crucified and eliminated. And in our experience, that's where we function in our proper image. We don't have a proper image. What do we identify ourselves with? Do you ever hear people say, well, you know, like, um, I'm this, I'm Puerto Rican, or I'm this. Or I've heard people here say, well, I'm a Texan. That's your identity? Where you're from? No. You're a man or a woman in Christ. That's your identity. A place doesn't identify you any more than the world system doesn't. Yeah? Although there are things that I do love about Texas, that I do love even more about Massachusetts. You still have, still have a measure of freedom. Let me say something. This is why it's so, so necessary for us to understand our proper image it has nothing to do with this evil world system. Not a single thing. Christians need to know it because and we need to take every opportunity that we have to come and, and receive and, and, and come and fellowship around the word because let me tell you, we are losing our freedoms in this country faster than you could even imagine or I could imagine. Ever, and I mean it too. You don't even hear about America in the Bible. You do hear about other countries. You do no wonder Jesus said in John 12, 35 and 36, a little while the light is with you. Walk while you have the light. How many Christians even know through the light of the scriptures their proper image? If you don't know that, you're going to find something else to identify with. You are. You and I, we will in a heartbeat. Any of us will. I will in a second that my will is not submitted to him who is my proper image. So Adam, in this whole race, fell. Now, did God know that? You know, the beautiful thing about it is that our image, our true image, 
was never in a fallen Adam. Did you know that? Do you know that God, even before he created the angels, before there was any material creation, there was the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and this depth of a fellowship and an intimacy and a love life exchange that nothing could interfere with or distract. They had this image. It was incredible. And nothing still could. Nothing could at all. And did you know that in Revelations 13 and verse 8, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. In other words, before there was any physical creation. Did you know it was God's plan always in his mind? When we, we need to think properly. How should we think properly? Well, what's the first most important thing? Should we, should we know what God is like in his nature, character, and essence? In his very true image. Is that necessary? First and foremost, you know, the most important thing about us is that God knows us and he knew us and does know us long before we ever knew him. And he long before knew who we were and the perfection of the image of his son long before you and I ever did. And I wonder Job would say in Job 36 verse 7, he never removes his eye from the righteous. Okay, when did God begin? Has God always been? Has he? He has. And God having always been does he know all things? How, when did God start knowing all things? When did he, was there ever a time when he started to know something? He knows everything. That's why it says in Isaiah 46 and verse 10, he declares the end in eternity from the beginning. <laughs> he declares the end from the beginning. I love it that he knows us. Do we know him? He knows us in the image of, of the perfection of his son. Do we know him? Is that important? And do we have, how much time do we have? Why are we even here? Why are we here on this earth? Why? Why not just receive Christ and then just go home to be with him? I'll tell you why. Because he's forming in us a proper image. And in the way that I function now, by his grace and truth, in that image right now, do you know that goes into an eternity of an intimate fellowship with him for all eternity? One of the booklets that we want to write that God, I believe, by his grace, by his leading, by his spirit, taking the things of Christ and showing them unto us, did you know that we'll have each individual that's in Christ, will have a measure of fellowship and intimacy with Christ that only that individual in Christ can have based upon their own personal image that they have with him. It's very personal and very intimate. Now, we will all have fellowship with Christ, all of us together. You see the picture of it in Revelations 5, verse 9 and 12, where all those that are already there, all our loved ones that have passed and gone home to be with the Lord, they're all around his throne worshiping him in a beautiful image. But no one will ever replace that particular image in intimacy of fellowship with the individual. Did you know that, that no one will ever do that other than you and Christ? No one ever can be God or Christ for you and he created you in the perfection of that particular image. And listen, he designed you as a male and a female in that perfect image of Christ. That's why he, he took Eve out of Adam. God took us out of Christ in the type, in those types in the Bible. And they're so very necessary for us to have a full understanding. 
So instead of relying on God, he began to rely on himself, but he gave him a promise in Genesis 3.15. God never promises anything to a fallen old image in us. That promise in Genesis 3 verse 15 was given to Christ. You know why? Because he's the only one that could fulfill it. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 20, all the promises of God are what? Yea and amen in him. And he wants to teach us, yea, proper image, nay, no, wrong image. (coughs) Truth versus lies, versus lies. So what happened? As a result, he left God the first cause, and then what was the effect? Immediately, immediately, you guys, the effect was he became self-centered instead of God-centered. God forbid that we as Christians should live any other way. To live self-centered means in some way, some fashion, I'm going to live in my flesh towards God. Is there any fellowship there? God fellowship with the flesh? Furthermore, does God even view us in the flesh, does he? No, he doesn't. He doesn't. That's why when it says, and and, uh, again, in Job 36, verse 7, he never removes his eye from the righteous. What does that mean? Christ is our righteousness. In 2 Corinthians 1, 20, of him are we of God, made unto us wisdom, the wisdom of what? A proper image. Righteousness, a right image. Sanctification, set apart from the old into this beautiful image, this true reality and identity of who we are. And redemption. That he that glories in 131 of 2 Corinthians should glory in who? The Lord. The Lord. In him only. You know, in heaven it's going to be all about him. Did you know that? not going to be about another single person. It's going to be all about Christ. It's not going to be a board of elders. It's not going to be pastors. You're not going to hear anything about that. You're never going to hear in eternity, my pastor said, you're just going to hear about Christ. Christ and him alone. His glory. And thank God, that glory that's, that is our image that he's given us is, is unbelievable. And what it is. He's given us that glory in John 17 and verse 22. But you know what else we're going to fellowship around? He gives us that glory in that life that we are so that in eternity we can watch and learn his glory in John 17 and verse 24. His image, his proper image. Is it necessary for me to know the nature, character, and essence of God? Is that necessary? Is it essential? Is it, is it of the importance? Is God's essence then essential for us for a proper image? It is. We want to we get into these truths, and we are. And we talked about it too. We're going to get into them Monday and Tuesday in a very, very specific way. Because, boy, I'll tell you, if we don't know proper image, what are we going to function in? A false one. One that's based upon a lie. One that was based upon a lie. Who's the father of all lies in John 8, 44? Satan. Did he seduce Eve? Yes, sir. He most certainly did. And he did so by reversing the order, too, by the way. He did. 
but God brought it back through Christ. So they became self-centered instead of God-centered because they were spiritually dead. That's why when, when Christ in his pre-incarnate state gave the command to Adam and Eve not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, to not eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because in doing so, in, in doing so, they would call evil good and good evil. You know when he tempted them to eat of that tree? When they were commanded by God not to do so? The, the lie was that you can be like God if you eat of the tree. If you disobey God in this area, you can be like him. Right? The only thing he didn't tell him is the only way that you're going to know him is in a fallen state, in ruin. And that, listen, we're not of the flesh anymore, that bad image, but we can certainly function in it if our will is not submitted. Through the teaching, and this is why we have the word of God in teaching, so that we can he can take us and separate self-centered living in Hebrews 4.12, the self-conscious living without God, and bring us into God consciousness, the human spirit. What happened? We were born spiritually dead, weren't we? That's right. That's why he said in Genesis 2.17, and when you read that and understand it, when it says that, it says, in, in, in dying, you will die. That's what it says. Dying spiritually, you'll die physically. You know why we die physically? Because we died spiritually. But for us, because we receive Christ as our Savior, in Romans 6.9, he that dies once dies what? No more. Death for the Christian just becomes a door into a glorious, beautiful image without any interruption. That's why it says in Ecclesiastes 7.1, the day of one's death is better than their birth, their natural birth. And when we receive Christ, you know what we do? We receive the fact that he not only died for us, he died as us, and he paid for all of our personal sins the sins of those that receive him as their savior. Thank God. Thank God. How do we see God? Is it in a proper image? How do we view him? How do we view ourselves? How do we view others? How do we view the world? Do I even understand the world and how different it is in our image if I don't know and I've never been taught my proper image? What's the thing that's missing most when we don't function properly in a godly image? Intimacy with Christ. We fear it. Yeah. We do. And I'll tell you something. That's why it, this message, it's, it, it's extremely vital for all of us, but most important for men. Yes, absolutely. It's most important for men. Because that's the thing. In this world system, and what I was taught as a kid, a lack of intimacy... Yeah, men don't cry. Really. I don't know. John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. Jeremiah was a weeping prophet in Jeremiah 9, verse 1. Paul wept. Wept. In getting across a proper image to those that were there in Ephesus. In Acts 20, verse 19 and 31, he did it for three years. He wept. There is no such thing as a gospel. There is no such thing as good news. There's no such thing as a proper image in Christ apart from the cross. 
because the cross did away with the old image, the old me, by faith. It absolutely did away with it. So we were born in these in, in dead in trespasses and sin. That's Ephesians 2.1. We were born in trespasses and sins, weren't we? And that was the condition that we were, that we were begotten from Adam. Right? We were begotten. You'll see that in Acts the 17th chapter in verses 26 to 28. He's made us all of one blood in terms of our natural life. Right? All of us came from Adam. Right? We did. And that sin nature, according to Romans 5.12, was passed on. That sin nature was passed on through the 23 reproductive chromosome genes of the male sperm. That's right. That natural life was carried on. That's why it says in Leviticus 17.11, the life of the flesh is in the blood. And you know, you don't have that seed without the blood and that life being passed on. The moment that you and I receive Christ, okay, that moment, we're cut off from that. Was there ever a time then in God's mind before anyone or anything was created that he didn't have mankind first and foremost in his mind? Did you know that? Boy, I tell you, it's just incredible. So he, Adam begot sons, a son in his own likeness after his fallen image, now, when you speak of image, what are you speaking of? Source. Image, source. Source from what? Cause. With every cause, there's what? An effect. Proper image, what do I have? Proper source. Proper source, proper cause. Proper cause, proper effect. We teach it the way the scriptures teach it. That, did you know that you and I, and sometimes we say women have emotional problems. Well, you know, I've been around men. <laughs> they can be, you know, same. <coughs> same. No such thing as an emotional problem. Did you ever know oh, that woman, that man has an emotional problem? No, no, he doesn't have an emotional problem. Emotions can't think. They can only respond to the initiation of the thoughts. Thoughts. You get bad emotions, you get bad thoughts. You got bad emotions, you don't have a clear image. You don't have a clear image, you don't have right thoughts. You don't have God's thoughts. Do you know God only has one thought towards you and I? It's Christ. That's just one thought towards us. Is it necessary then that we should know him? Is it necessary? When is it not necessary? When should we not learn of him? When should we not, as much as we can, gather together to hear these things? And if we don't hear them and we don't know them, then what? How important is that? How important is it? So what did he do? Adam brought forth a sinful, ungodly, self-centered race. That's right. Born dead spiritually in trespasses and sins. Again, that's Ephesians 2.1, and that's Romans 5, verse 12. Image. Image. Does image have anything to do then with purpose? Good image? Good purpose. Bad image? What? Bad purpose. Right? Bad. Now God, in these last days, and this is where we get here. Remember those two Adams? Right? 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, verses 45 to 49. Right? But this is where we see these un unbelievable things, and this is what God is doing right now. By his pure grace, 
And that's what he's doing. He's doing it and doing it in, 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 in a very, very beautiful and incredible way is he doing that. And we're going to see this in Hebrews, the first chapter. Here we have Hebrews, the first chapter. What, what is God doing right now? What is he doing with us? Why is it so necessary for us to have the time to actually concentrate on the word? Think of the other things that we concentrate on. We give them our full attention. How necessary then is it, to, is it for this to happen? And that's why it's most necessary for men. And I'm going to tell you why. Because they are leaders. What makes a good leader? Good follower. That's right. The head of every man in 1 Corinthians 11.3 is who? Christ. And the head of the woman is the man. Is it flowing in a beautiful order? Yes. Here's Hebrews, the first chapter. God, who at many different times and in many different manners and ways spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. By his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the worlds. Oh, God. So incredible. Listen, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. That's our position in Christ. That's what we have in him. So here, here is this beautiful image that we have in Christ. It's the image, it's the express or exact image of his very person. Here is the image of God, finally in us, back on this earth. Did you know that we have God's image right now on this earth? Because Christ is in us. Did you know that? What are we like when we function apart from him? You tell me. Hmm? What are we like? when we don't have intimacy with him? What are we like when we don't understand proper image? When should we not? When is it okay for us not to be humble and dependent on him constantly? When is that? When should that be? Are we our own? Did you know that when you and I received Christ, did you know something? You're no longer your own? The Bible says that? I have, a right to be, I have a right to my own opinions. And I have a right to be who I am. Well, 1 Corinthians 6.19 says you were bought with a price. You are not your own. Did you know that? We're not our own. Thank God he doesn't leave it up to us to know either who he is or who we are. Did you know that? That's why even long ago in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, God says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Do you know what he's saying? I don't think outside of my son towards you. Because that's your proper image. I don't see you in your Adam life. If you're a believer in Christ, I don't see you that way. But furthermore, I don't treat you that way. Right? He said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. What are they? The thoughts of peace and not evil. What am I like when I function outside of my proper image in Christ? Do I have, do I have thoughts of peace? No. Why? Because it's evil. There, you know, there's, there's good and there's evil. Is there anything else? Are there any gray areas in this Bible? Is there neutrality for a Christian in the Bible? 
You're either going forward in growth or what are you doing? You're going back. You're backsliding. Did God leave it up to us to understand what sin is any more than our own image? No. No. That right has not been left up to us. No. There's no right unless I'm receiving a proper image through Christ. We have a proper image, proper purpose. And that's what God is doing to us right now. And first, why it's so very important to concentrate and receive these truths and to be in an atmosphere where this concentration is, is because in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, this is what the Holy Spirit said through the Apostle Paul. He said, I thank God. You've got to remember, this isn't just Paul speaking. He's a vessel. God, Christ is speaking through him by the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, I thank God that when you receive the word, when you receive the word, do we always receive it? What would get in the way of it? Functioning in the flesh. Functioning in a prop and a bad image. You know, did you ever notice this? There's not an ounce of irritation in grace. Did you know that? Listen, there's not an ounce of irritation in it. It's plenty in the old image of which we are not. Right? So he said in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. What's that saying? You want to know who you are in your proper image? Yeah, you got to rely on me and not your own thoughts. Because your own thoughts can only be fallen ones. He said, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. What is God saying there? God is saying this. I have self-knowledge. Who knows God better than God? Who? Did he leave it up to us? Never did. I know the thoughts that I think told you. The thoughts of peace are not evil so that you can experience through a proper image my settled plans about you. When were they settled? Okay, when did God begin? When did God start knowing all things? Anything take God by surprise? Things we worry about as Christians? Listen, think about it. Our whole eternity is dealt with. We have a glorious future that we're waiting for and things that happen in time. So I can trust God for that. Anybody ever been to heaven? By the way, there's no, listen, there's only been one that ever went to heaven and came back. That's the Apostle Paul. You can skip all the, the other stuff because it's not scriptural, okay? He's the only one. Enoch went to heaven. Elijah went to heaven. They ever come back? Nope. He went back to teach us, to teach us things. And there were things he even said. He said, when it says they're not lawful, it's a bad interpretation. He said, I can't even put human language to them right now. Wow. Do you know why? Well, because I'm back in the flesh, and I'm, i got to be just as dependent as you. You know the Apostle Paul had to be just as dependent as the weakest saint here? That's right. Do you know that? That's right. Just as dependent. We need to be so dependent. You know, God's plan is only designed to do one thing to those that he loves, those that are in Christ, is to humble us. You think he would leave it up to us to humble ourselves? It's all about me, self-centered living. I'll live the way I want because it's my right. Really? Guess what? Guess who you're going to face? That's right. Read Proverbs, the 16th chapter. Read it from the, from the beginning to the end. We can make choices, but you think the consequences are left up to us? No, they're not. No, no. Listen, I, I'm serious. I have seen some of the strongest men, physically, world-class guys. Seriously. What can one cell going wrong in your body do to you? 
It reduce you down to really, you want some reality? <laughs> yeah, like we're breathing on our own. Really? Come on. Whose who's air are we breathing? And we're designed a certain way to function in spirituality in the image of Christ. Listen, we're going to wrap it up. But we, we, I, I want to have these times, these next three days. You know why? I'm going to tell you why. You know why, why I'm here? Because I need to be here. You know why I'm here? Because God wants to teach me things. If you don't think for a second he's teaching this thing <laughs> right here, he is. Just as much as anybody else here. I have to receive these things as much as you and you as much as me. What is it like when we function in a proper image together? Now we have fellowship. Listen to me. Fellowship has to do with Christ. Period. Period. 1 John chapter 1, 1 through 3. It's Christ himself. That's it. Period. There's no such thing as a fellowship, any other kind, outside of Christ himself. No such thing. No such thing. And without a proper image, is there proper worship? Is there? No. But you know what? We're going to do it with him. We're going to do it with him. Listen, here it is. Image, pur- purpose, purpose. Here is the image of God brought back to the earth, now in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know who's God's last for every eternal Adam is? It's Christ. First Adam? What good was that? What good are we in our first Adam image? What good is it? Is, let me ask you something. Have you ever tried it? I have. Any good in it? Is there a darn bit of good in it? Okay, listen. We're going to close with this, but I really want to get into this in a much deeper way, especially for men. It's extremely important. You know that? Because, because literally, men, men that are married have a responsibility to Christ to be a godly head through Christ. Seriously. Very, very amazing. Oh boy, let me tell you, it's very, very important. Very important. Without any question about it. Our natural birth made us members of the fallen sinful race, right? But our transition from that old sinful race to that new godly race in Christ, that's our proper image. And what a, to, to think, come on, to think that we can do a single thing apart from him. You think we can? We can't. Can't do it. We have a free will. How many have a free will? You've you, you got a free will, right? You can make good choices or bad choices, right? With your free will, right? Guys in prison. You're in prison, but can they still operate in free will? Yes. They can. But just because we have free will doesn't mean we experience freedom. No. Is there any freedom outside of Christ? No. Is there any freedom outside a proper image in Christ? No. Absolutely none. So what do we take as heads? <laughs> His heads in our marriage. This is so, this is so important in a local assembly. It, it so deeply is. And we're only getting into it in just a very introductory way. Because there's so much that he has for us. There's so much that he has for us. And, 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 and literally, it says when he created man, he created man and woman. Because right in, right in, Adam was Eve. Male and female. Male and female, functioning in a proper image, in a proper place. Because if my will 
is not submitted to him. When was the first time that you and I, until we received Christ in fallen life, in fallen image, when was the first time that we actually operated in freedom with our free will when we received Christ? You know why? Because he's our freedom. We don't have any outside of him. And you don't have any freedom that you operate in unless you understand your proper image in Christ. No question about it. We are to know no man in 2 Corinthians 5.16 after the flesh. Where do you suppose that starts? Right here in this block. <laughs> Solid poor. <laughs> right here. That's right. I need to know God. I need to know who he is in his nature, character, and essence. It's, I need to know uh, of his essence. I do. And it's very essential for me to know him. For you and I to know him. I mean in intimacy. Intimacy. The things that are so missing because of not understanding our proper image. Forgiveness. You pleading for forgiveness? Do you ever plead for forgiveness? You're already forgiven. Positionally, but do you have that experience? Is your experience the equal of your position in Christ? This has to do with image. It has to do with understanding these truths that are so incredible. Boy, we need to have it. And until we have that, until the well of man is, is bridled, what's the only thing that can control us? Come on. What's the only thing that can Okay, at, um, and Edwin always helps me with this. Solomon, did he have enough money? Did he? Hey, Edwin, what was he worth in today's worth? His worth back then, Solomon's, was $9 trillion. Did he have enough money? You tell me. Okay. Did he have enough women? Do you know what we like as men? I'm going to tell you something. We can't have enough money. You know what money means? It's power. It's control. Like we're in control of ourselves. Go ahead. You know, God forbid, workout gets wrong, big. You know, I was. I used to be. I've got nothing left. One cell goes wrong in your little old body. Let me tell you. It's going to show us what our true dependence is and our true image is. He couldn't have enough. Look what he wrote. He wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. This guy with nine trillion and a, a thousand women. Could he have enough? Hmm? Do you think we do? If we don't function in a proper image, come on, let's not. Come on. We're going to lie and play a game. Can you have enough? No. You won't. You won't and I won't. Men. That's right. We will never have enough because Christ is more than enough. He wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. Look what he said. Vanity, vanity, all vanity. I got enough money, I got enough women. And what did it do for him? You tell me. What one thing... Did it do for him? Read, read it, Ecclesiastes. Portion in this life, and that's it. You know, most Christians, they live like that because they don't know their proper image. They reduce Christ down to their place of a fallen image and use him just to function in the lust of the flesh. Just satisfied with just being saved and knowing they're going to heaven and live just the way they want. The only thing is, in Psalm 90, verse 8, you know, some of the sins I used to commit, God forbid that even as a Christian, I'd want any other Christian to know. <laughs> and we're doing it in the light of his countenance in Psalm 90, verse 8. Can any hide themselves from God? 
Hiding in a lie of a false image. God, no thank you for me. Vanity, vanity, all, the, all this vanity. Ecclesiastes 5, 17, 18, 19. Just a portion in this life, that's enough. Have a good wife, Ecclesiastes 9, 9. And, and, and when you have one, thank God for them. Yeah, and a good wife, and a good wife, even when the husband is not pro- functioning in proper image and proper headship, she can still have Christ. If you know that, she only have to be irritable. You can just submit, and Christ will bypass him and be ahead to her so that she functions in proper image. Did you know that? Until he gets the man right back in his right order, that love, that love life is flowing so beautifully. We're it in Christ. Proper order, it's, it's awesome. Forgiveness, not understood in the church today. No, no, no proper image. Don't know God that way. Don't know God. Know myself after the God of this world. You know, that's what it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 3, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Can that be a Christian? Yes. You know, in that context, it's talking about Satan as the God of this world, a religious God. You think God's religious? He's not. Not. No intimacy in religion. You think so? Did you ever try it? I did. No, when I tasted him in Psalm 34, verse 8, I tasted him. And boy, he's good, and nothing ever replaces that. Tasting a proper image. Proper image. It's an amazing thing, especially, and we need it. We need it. Boy, do we need this truth. Don't we? Mm -hmm. Because we're free. And for freedom's sake, function in freedom. I don't You think there's peace in the things of the world? I don't know. You can't have enough money. I mean, I grew up around multi, multi, as God is my job. I grew up around multi, multi, multi millionaires. Man, they weren't happy. They weren't. They were not happy. Neither was I, too. Neither was I until I met Christ. Now he's bringing me in, and he's developing in me, in my experience, my proper position, my image, my true identity is Christ, right? My true identity is Christ. It's not, it's not how I look. You know, and, and God convicted me. What a surprise, huh? I'm going to surprise you. God convicted me all the time. I'm so, we're so interested on the outside, not just our clothes, but how we appear, when the inside, is there any intimacy missing? Come on. Satisfaction, rest, peace. Christ is our peace. has to do with our image. And boy, we need to have it. And boy, oh boy, does God have the truth for us. And husbands, men, we are so responsible to him. That's right. When you got married as a Christian, boy, let me tell you what your responsibility came and you don't have a proper image? Huh? Man, the initiator. Woman, the responders. Christ, Christ, and the church is, we're in the, mask, in the, in the feminine. We receive. Christ is in the masculine, his order. Proper image, male and female, goes into so much. We have so much. So, Father, we just thank you. We're just scratching it right now. Just, I, can't, I just can't even believe this so incredible about what we have in you in proper image. 
This is what makes it so necessary that when we come together, there's an atmosphere that's developed where we can concentrate and receive these things and experience them and not be distracted in any way, Father. So thank you for this truth. Thank you for each and every person here. And Father, just direct any questions or comments, Father, that any, that any of us may have. Thank you that each one that's received Christ has Christ in the vessel. They are a success. You and I are a success because Christ is in us and we're in him. Oh, thank you, Lord, for giving us your best proper image and what this is going to go into. And I look forward to even so much more of the content and substance and reality of a true identity and an image of a love life that nothing can disturb or distract, that we can rest peacefully no matter where we go or what we do, no matter what circumstance or situation we're in, we can function in proper image with a will submitted through constant humility and dependence to his plan that is designed to humble us so that he can give us the grace that is so necessary to make these adjustments in a proper image until we see him finally, without interruption, face to face. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, are there any questions or comments? Anyone have any questions or comments about these things? And none has to stay. <laughs> That's not required. <laughs> of course, he requires us to come, by the way. And by the way, when it says in, in Hebrews 10, verse 25, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. You know, he, you know what that is in the Greek? It's present imperative. He's not asking us. He's commanding us. Why? We're not our own. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me take everything that God's created, you know. <laughs> the substance, you know. You know the money that's in your pocket? Do you know whose that is, truly? Do you know whose it is? It says. Oh, really? Yeah. He said it in Haggai 2.8, all the gold and silver is mine. You know, what, what's behind the buck? He said, all the gold and silver is whose? Mine. Psalm 50, verse 10, all the, the cattle on a thousand hills, which spoke of wealth, is mine. What do we have? What does the unsaved person have that's not his? What do they have? I don't know. Who created the earth? I don't know. Huh? You ever see the earth? Isn't that interesting? Huh? That little dust ball. You ever see that? I don't know. What keeps it there? Come on. <laughs> Spinning round, round the sun. Tilted on a five-degree axle. Just far enough away from the sun so we don't get burnt up. Close enough so we don't freeze to death. I mean, who did all that? Hmm? Who spoke it into existence? I don't know. How are we doing I don't know. Do you choose to be born? Choose your parents? Choose how you're going to look? Nope. Who did all that? Who gave us a will? Why, why did he give us that? You know why? He deeply desires us with intimacy and a depth of fellowship. He wants us, and he's given us everything to have that happen. So we say, how you doing? How are we doing? Truthfully, how are we doing? And what are we doing apart from him? Again, everyone can just function and do it. We're just having a time here, you know, whatever. And questions or comments. 
But these things are so vital for us. My um, God. I'd like to continue this um, in whatever God has, um, at least for this specific time. Um, tonight, we're going to gather at Luke's house. I'm not sure who all knows that. But I definitely would love just to be open to whatever God has for that time. Well, let me tell you, that's my heart, and I want to continue with this. Yeah, and, and, if, and if we do want to have a message, and again, what God's leading, if we want to have a message, it'd be awesome. And then maybe even just break off into male and female and have time. You know, I know it's going to be Sunday, and I know the week's going to start, and it's going to get busy. Yeah. So whatever God And you know what, too? With, with schedules and everything, if we get together... Monday morning, Monday night, Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, I'm available, and I'm going to tell you what, I'm available to fellowship. I am serious, deeply. I want to fellowship with the Christ that's in each individual. Did you know you have a gift and a portion that I don't have, and when we come together, I can receive it if you function in it freely? You do. We had fellowship with two young men. It was so awesome this morning. It was so beautiful. They had a portion. Every one of you have a portion, do. And when we get together, you're a joint that supplies. You, if you thought for one second that we were all gathering around me, don't drop your Bibles, take them and run if you thought that. Because I am, I am here, we're gathered around Christ because he's the only one that's worthy for us to gather around. You can be sure of that. You can be sure of it. How about that? I'm going to tell you where this starts. Starts in the home. Men, husbands are so responsible to God with an intense responsibility. I'm going to tell you right now. And then women in that right image, with that grace, are responsible to receive Christ. Should a, should a wife submit to a husband's flesh? Colossians 3.18, absolutely not. You only submit to what is fit in the Lord. Now, do you rebel against him, or you submit to Christ and wait patiently for God to bring him back into proper headship? Oh, boy. Just Christians. Ah, let's just function just in generalities, you know. <laughs> you know, because after all, God's not very specific. Yeah. Yeah. He's not specific. Yeah, I know. Earth just winging around, right? Just winging around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're just swinging around too, right? Hey. Ah. Huh? I don't care about anything. I don't care about anything else. I'm just, I just want to go to heaven. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Sure. Why do you think we're here? To grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That can be 318. That's why. That's right. It's just a job. Yeah, a job. Right. Right. Success. You know what the world tells you what success is, right? Huh? You put a thing before God? Tell me, you put one thing before coming to hear the word of God. You tell me. You think you should? You think you're, re- listen, your responsibility for your children is not first and foremost teaching this in the home? Why do you think it's so important for husbands, wives in the home? Why? Oh, that's what the church is made up of. You think everything else is important and you're being a great father and husband by... No! Teach them first. Teach them these things. But my God, if you don't know them, how are you going to teach your children? Seriously. Is that serious? Very serious. And what are you going to teach them? What are you going to teach them? Are you going to teach them proper image? 
What about you? Do we have Christ in us? What's that mean? What does that mean? What does that even mean? Do I even understand it? Do I understand these truths? Propitiation. I don't know. What's that? Huh. Substitution. Reconciliation. Imputation. I don't know. <laughs> They're very specific declarations of a proper image that we have in Christ. Again, that's why he said in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. What are they based on? What are God's thoughts based on? What are my thoughts based on? His thoughts. My own? No, his. Fallen thoughts? Fallen nature? Nope, his. You know what he's saying? Do you want to know who you are? Do you want to know who I am? Yeah, well, then, then I must tell you. Do you want to know who you are? Yeah, I must tell you that, too. I must I know the thoughts that I think to you, the thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Did you know that God has foreknowledge? What's that mean? What's foreknowledge? You know. For, foreknowledge, knowing something before. Foreknowledge. So does God have all foreknowledge? Yes. When did he start having that? Always. How long has he been? Always. Is there one surprise that can take God by surprise? No. How many know God that way? Foreknowledge. So everything that God foreknows about me, okay, and God is never separated from his own thoughts. Oh, jeez. Oh, that's so, so huge. God has foreknowledge, right? He has the ability to know everything. That's why Jesus said, you remember in John 13, 19 and 14, 29, he said to his disciples, I tell you these things before they come to pass, that when they come to pass, you might believe. Well, you know, where did Christ come from? Was he the son of God in the son of man one? Yeah. Who declares him? Well, Christ does, John 1, 18. You know what it says in, our, in certain translations? It says, no man has ever seen God in all his fullness. You know what it says in the original? No created being has ever seen God in all his fullness. But Jesus Christ has come and he has spelled him out. <laughs> You know he's going to spell them out to us for all eternity? Seriously. There's, there's no such thing as a master of divinity. Did you know that? No human beings ever mastered God. Did you know that? We will never come to the end in Ephesians 3.19 of knowing and experiencing the love of God that continually passes knowledge. Only there, there'll never be an interruption or a distraction. Yay! Because all the loved ones that went to heaven, you know, they're not only delivered from the power of sin. Did you know that we have been delivered from the power of sin? Did you know we don't have to sin? Us here? No. No, we don't have to sin. We choose to. It's a choice. That's right. Make me sin. Go ahead. If I have convicted, go ahead. Make me sin. It's a choice. That's right. It's a choice. I don't, I don't have to sin. Right? But here, there, they've not only but been delivered from the power of sin and we have but from the presence of sin we haven't been yet but he's teaching us he's teaching us through that and ain't nothing gonna teach you and I if his grace can't and his truth can't and a proper image can't nothing but the world will teach us yeah you go there like the prodigal did you take the portion as a believer you take a little bit of what you know in Christ and go into the world tell me what you do you can't get enough. Men, 
men properly functioning in proper image, not saying you were born a certain way. And by the way, you can tell if you're a male or a female by the way God designed your physical body. Who was born this way. Yeah, I know. Look down, you'll see. No, I'm serious. That's biblical. Okay? That's as simple as that. But if you're functioning as a man, let me tell you something. If your will isn't submitted to God with the proper image, let me tell you something right now. You ain't getting enough money, you women. If you're fun, I'm telling you straight. That's right. Do you think any of us, any of us are beyond being tempted? Does God tempt us? James 1.13, he doesn't tempt us. What tempts us? The enemy, how does he tempt us? When we function in the flesh, in a false image, this is not enough. This is not enough. Can't get enough money. That's right. Can't get enough sex. That's right. That's right. Fallen image. Fallen image. Can't get enough money. Putting money and jobs and so-called family ahead of Christ. Bunch of nonsense. Bunch of babyhood baby nonsense. That's right. Can you imagine being a Christian? Do you even know what regeneration is as a Christian? Yeah, and you hear this, oh, he's such a nice guy. Where's nice in the Bible? You see nice? I haven't seen it. No, you're either in Christ or you're not. Seriously. Job, putting a job ahead of Christ in the Word of God. No wonder it says in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away. My word won't. Husbands, you're so responsible. And I hope to God, like me, you are so convicted. And is there any condemnation in conviction? No. Plenty, plenty of conviction. Show me what a man is. I like that too. Show me what a man is. I grew up around men, so help me God, seriously. You know what success was where I grew up in Boston? It was money and power. Money. You get so big and strong that no one can mess with you. I'm not kidding. You know what I found out? As big and strong as you get, it's always somebody else bigger. Seriously. Bigger and stronger. Can't have enough money. What is what? The ineffectionate, ordinate, the ineffectionate attachment to money is the root of all evil. You ever hear, oh, money's the root of all evil? <laughs> yeah, right. Money's evil. Yeah, I know. Just like, see that gun over there? It's all oh, bad gun, bad gun. Stay there. Like money. No. It's the ineffection, it's the inordinate love for money. That's the root of all evil. Money, money. Yeah, you should provide for your family. Yeah. Do you know how to do it the right way with a proper image? Do you? Do we? Oh, we just left on our own. Ah, saved. See you, God. Oh, when I need you and there's an emergency, you know, I'll come after you. I don't know. What are you giving your wife or your kids? What are you giving them? Yourself? What are you giving them? What are we giving them as husbands and fathers? Come on. You know, the best thing you can do, and I'm serious, even for young people, not a thing, not a schedule, not an event should replace the Word of God in their life. And if you're doing it, my advice, my advice is cut it off. If it interferes with this, on a Sunday morning, kids, right here. Yeah. 
You heard it right here. And I'm saying it. Yeah? It's not me. So oh my God. It's so convicting. Right here. That's right. That's headship. Then something else, fine. Because if it's not, okay, it's not. It's something about your self-life, and it would be about mine, too. And I guarantee it. Seriously. Honestly. And that's why. See, this is, this is, this is great right now. <laughs> I'm serious. And, and I, listen, I love little kids. And some, mo- a lot of times, I'd rather be with them than adults. <laughs> no, I'm serious. And I could easily. And I love kids. So help me God. Don't have any. Couldn't have any. He had one in heaven. But let me tell you something. I would get, I'd love them. But, it, but in my proper pe- place, I need to know how to love them. And I can't do it apart from a proper image. And if I don't have that, what am I giving to my kids? You think, you think, you think uh, material things are more important for your kids than them knowing Christ for all eternity? How are you going to give it to them if you don't have it? Yeah, come on. Oh, this is so much. Yeah, I know God would give us all this. You ever hear, I hear people say, oh, that's too much for me. Yeah, right. No, it's not. It's just not so convenient. Oh, that's too much. It's beyond my, oh, yeah, right. Sure. Let me tell you something. If I can know it, I trust me. If I can, you can. I guarantee you that right now. Because if the most religious human being in the world, the Apostle Paul can know it, Boy, do we have hope. You know? I, I used to think when I read, geez, what a humble guy Paul is. You ever read 1 Corinthians 15, 9? I'm not meat. I'm not qualified to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. What a humble man. He wasn't saying that about himself. God, the Holy Spirit, told him, you write that, pal. Hmm? Religious man. Yeah. He said in Ephesians 3, 8, I am less than the least of all the saints. I used to think, oh my God, look at the way he thinks of himself. No, that's, that's him outside of Christ. God said that about him. That gives us hope. And then finally, you know, 2 Timothy 1, 15, I am the chief of sinners. You know where God has to bring each of us in our own individuality? That place. I am. I, I am 68, heading for 69 very soon. <laughs> I want to tell you, these last two years of my life have been incredible. Because I want him to redeem the wasted years in my life. And young people, you can have it right now. That's right. Don't tell me he won't organize your schedule. Don't tell me he won't do that. And by the way, if you leave the organization up to your schedule, that's about your self-life. You need, we need to get truth from God. Men. Starts with men. I hope Everyone is lovingly convicted as much as I am about these truths. I'm serious. That's right. And you know, I got to the point where, and, and, and I, I literally said, oh God, here I am, 68. Here's this area that I lived in all these years. Oh God, please, no more. It never did me any good. Do you know my sin and my self-life never just affected me. It always affected anyone else I was around. And God forbid that a husband should live in a self-life, a selfish life, and have that affect his wife or his children. God forbid. And he does forbid it, by the way. Does. And the cross is the, is the revelation of it. God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of Jesus Christ. Do you know the whole world, God, when Christ was crucified, he crucified the whole world to me? Did you know that? 
For a believer, did you know that? So go and have some fun in it. Go ahead, accumulate its wealth. By the way, it's going to burn up and be gone forever, but have a ball. You ain't taking your money with you. What do we use it for anyway? And we wonder why, you know. <laughs> it's so convicting. I'm laughing because my feet are dangling right now. I'm, I'm being honest with you. If, you. if you or I think I know this like I should, I'm telling you, I don't. I don't. I'm learning it. But I love the privilege of having it and learning it with you. Because we're all around Christ. And whatever our capacity is, if you're here, you have the capacity to receive something. Or you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't. And what would I put in exchange for that? Oh, well. I've gone on so much, I, and at times I get tired of hearing my own voice. That's why I love to hear other portions. And, and I do mean it, by the way. I, I'm not just... We had a great time this morning, and I'm looking forward to a great time in, in, uh, at your place. I really am. And in the intimacy of Christ that you have with a fellowship with me. And we talked about that. You know, when you have fellowship, all, there's no suspicion in fellowship, by the way. You don't have, don't make me a suspect. I just want Christ. I don't want anything from you but Christ. God is my judge. He is my judge. That's all I want. I don't want anything else. I don't want to be with you because I want something from you. Or, you know, I'm going to discover something bad about you. Or I'm going to condemn you. Yeah, right. I'm like, I'm your judge. <laughs> I just want a fellowship with you. I do. I want to be like a little kid at Christmas. Look at all the toys God gave me. You think I want to play with them myself? I want to have all my friends come over. Let's just sit down and play. I'm, I'm going to be a little shepherd. That's what I truly am. I know where he took me from. There ain't no boast in me. No boast in me. He took me from the dunghill. And I, listen, and that's, the, that's not who I am, but that's where he took me from. Ain't no glory here. Ain't no scholar here. No, sir. It is God, the Holy Spirit. It is God. And I just, I desire this sweet, intimate fellowship. That's all I desire. Christ to be all in all, and he is. Right? Oh, can somebody talk now, please? I get tired. I'm tired. <laughs> you said that Satan, when he deceived Eve. Yeah. Well, what he did was, and again, whatever the case may have been, whether, whether she departed from him or Adam was lazy and let her go, he went after the woman, and the reason he did was because she's a receiver. She receives, right? And if she doesn't continually walk in what she received, then she can be seduced. And just like her, just like her us, as his bride, we can be easily seduced. That's what 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. So, some shall depart from the faith. All these preachings and teachings that we have. Giving heed to what? Seducing spirits that demons teach. So he seduced her away. He got her away. And I'm sure Adam had something to do with it too. I can, I'm, I'm sure of it. But the fact of the matter is he got her. And then what did he do? When, when she functioned apart, from him, and she functioned under the prince and power of the air, Satan. Then what did she? What did she do? She offered to Adam, and then what did he do? Is that a little reversal? Yeah. Totally. Do you think that happens in Christian marriages? 
Seriously. And so-called best taught, you best believe it. But if I don't know my proper image and headship, do I even know my wife the right way? No. I don't. Do I know another believer the right way? No. I'll just treat you after the flesh. That's all I'll see. I could care less. Yeah? I could care less. No question about it. None whatsoever. Boy, I'll tell you these things. Where's your gold boots? That's so much what you said. It was so much in what you said about you know no man after his flesh. And it is... That's just... That is so much. <laughs> it makes you rethink every relationship you've ever had. Without... Friends, family... With conviction, without condemnation. Yes. Or, listen, without blaming them for a single thing. Right. Because who took all the blame? In other words, who took all my sins, and not only that, all the effects of my sins, who dealt with it? Christ. He did. It's easy for me, sometimes, it's, it's not easy for me if he doesn't humble me to even receive the forgiveness that's mine. But when it comes to someone else, let's write a whole different book. <laughs> let's write a whole different Bible. His grace is great for me, someone else. Huh? Forget that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's properly functioning, right? That's right. right. No, no man after the flesh. Where's that start? Right here. And even if a wife doesn't have proper headship in a Christian family, if she doesn't, does, is Christ still there for her to submit to? He will come in and still continue to give her peace if she doesn't react on the flesh against him. Because you know how that works out. Both in the flesh, who's right? Come on. Nobody. Nobody. You know, when I grew up, way back in the day when I fell off my dinosaur, like some of these young kids say, when I fell off my dinosaur, for crying out loud, how old? In the world, one out of two marriages ended in divorce. Didn't take very long for that, went right into Christianity. One out of two marriages, at least more, probably more, end in divorce. You know why? No proper image. No proper order, no proper headship, not knowing the things, these things that we're talking specifically. My God. I don't know. Okay, so I asked, I asked Luke, is there a proper order in doing a roof job? Is there an order and a function step by huh? What if you miss some steps? How we, yeah? Disorder, right? You know, the roof, you know? If air can get in, what's the first, next thing that follows it? It's water. If it's not properly covered, properly dealt with, something else comes in that shouldn't be there. Shouldn't just shouldn't be there. Okay, and construction, especially around here, we were saying this morning, you know, this fracking thing, and I'm all for it, by the way, I don't care what these other, and this political stuff, it's not a political issue, never was with me, it's a spiritual one. So I don't get into the political, I know who I'm voting for, and so what. It's not political, it's, it's a spiritual issue. Okay, politics, you know what politics has to do with the world system? Anything to do with a Christian, by the way. I know who I'm going to vote for, conservatively. What's conservative? I don't know. I don't know. I know a lot of conservatives. They're not even born again. How you doing? Boy. I can't have it enough. Hey. Thank you so much. Thank you. Sorry. No, yeah, sorry, because life functions. I love you. Don't get the same, sweetie. I'll be 
over yeah. so many of the words that you said. Hey, Skinny, get over here. I love you, and I, I meant you, I, I, I loved my time with you. I mean that, too. It was very special to me. Thank you. There was a beautiful connection with you, and I mean it, too. It was just awesome. I appreciate that. Uh, I love you. I love you. you. It's good to see you, too. Enjoy your time here. Yeah, thank you. Love you, you got to head back to San Antonio. Okay. Oh, yeah. My, my, da my dad and my brother lived there for years. Oh, really? I loved it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Hey, thanks for coming. I appreciate it. You're welcome.